Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. Sports Weekend. We are live at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, Double B, Brian Benowitz in the house. And we'll be joined a little bit later on by one of our handicapper extraordinaires, Marco D'Angelo from Wager Talk. Of course, uh, he will join us coming up next hour. And then uh, Moreland Greenwood, the former linebacker, had a uh, nice what, eight-year NFL career, and he is the NFL Director of Alumni Relations here the Las Vegas chapter. He will join us here today, so a lot to talk about on this busy, busy football slash basketball slash boxing Friday here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be, of course, to start your weekend than the Cosmopolitan and, of course, the sportsbook powered by William Hill. All right, uh, Numchuck back in the studio. The G-Man <coughs> making it happen here. And, of course, Double B in the house sporting not the singular, not the double, not the triple, but the quadruple big blue. I feel like we're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, you should feel like it. Uh, a big big night for uh, the Michigan Wolverines. And uh, last night was fantastic to see all the Michigan hockey jerseys <laughs> and Michigan gear at T-Mobile uh, for those Red Wings fans that uh, mm. came out of the, the cold in Ann Arbor and mm. uh, came out and uh, got a little bit of... Uh, 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 come uppers against uh, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights last night. It was uh, it was a, a fun time in the in the fortress. Yes, we'll uh, dive into that here in, in a few minutes. But uh, a lot of red and white in that building last night, and I was thinking, okay, what's it going to sound like when the Red Wings score that first goal, especially if uh, if they get ahead? And we really never never heard it. Never heard much of them last night. We we heard them uh, one time, and uh, and that was it when the gold when they cut the lead to two to one. But a lot of red and white, but not real vocal. I don't know. Well, if I, if well, I was buying those tickets from uh, from Detroit, I'd, I'd want a refund. So you got to keep your eyes on it. There was a lot of red, but there was a lot of people wearing Vegas Golden Knights retro red jerseys. Is that what I saw? they, they got to realize that when you're playing a red team, you don't wear that jersey. Yeah. You don't real that, wear that jersey. So mm. I looked around, and I was talking to my friend that was there, and he goes, yeah, you're right. He goes, there's, there's 
the majority of these are, are Vegas Golden Knight guys. Hmm. So there was a few Red Wing fans, but it was nowhere near as full if you took a good look at the jersey. Okay, there you go. Look at that. All right. Yeah, and uh, I saw, I don't want to say sparse crowd, because it definitely was not a sparse crowd, but there were some empties uh, last night as well, too. And here's my theory on that, is when you put together, have a six-game homestand, I think that, you know, for some fans, you know, not like you, because you're the diehard, you're going to go no matter what. But for a lot of the fans, they, they may not be attending, especially around the holiday time here, you know, those games every other, uh, every other night, that sort of thing. A six-game homestand of hockey is a long homestand. Yeah, it's a chore to get to all those games. They're yeah. late at night. Uh, but it was, uh, I'd say there's probably 17,000 people there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, most of the sparse is between where those, uh, in the middle of the ice, mm-hmm. which is more of the kind of the corporate seats and whatnot. Right. So, exactly. Uh, it, between both of them. If you look up the, you know, those guys in the upper seats, you know, they're the real fans. Yeah. Uh, Especially that's, the 225. That, that's pretty full. Yeah, the 225 was mocked. Yeah. <laughs> Going wild last There's night. There's no empty season in the 225. No, no, and that's not what I'm talking about because, yes. you know, I'm above you. I'm directly yeah, you above down. you. Sometimes yeah. my, my head shines. Yeah. You've know, yeah, you got yeah. you to look away Exactly. Luckily, you're just slightly to my right. Yeah. Okay. But i got an eye on you. Every, every, every time, i got an eye on you. But you're right. I'm looking down below, and I'm saying, and a lot of us in the media were saying that last night, you know, it's, there's a lot of empties here. But again, it's, it's that certain section. It's the corporate. It's the guys that are selling their tickets. And, you know, speaking of which, of the tickets, going on the secondary market, you could have went to last night's game and sat in the lower bowl for like 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, I mean... And again, I don't know if it's because of. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's a lot of things. It's the, it's the the time of year. It's right. early in the season, and it's the product that's on the ice. It's not the same guys. It's a bunch of right. young guys on the ice, and uh, they're trying their best. They actually came together really nice last night. But it's not the the Pacioretties and the Marchessos and the Carlsons, uh, and and you also have uh, you know Martinez out and Theodore out. Uh, Tuck's been gone, and of course now he's officially gone, and and even Nolan Patrick. There's just a lot of guys who don't you don't even know who they are uh there was a time on the ice i looked around and two straight lines of people two straight lines of vegas golden knights were not on the team last year right. two right. straight and so that's interesting when keegan colasar is on your top line right. uh that's not the team that you're going to see later on in the year this is a great year for the vegas golden knights tc mm-hmm. uh there couldn't be a better year for the olympics to happen to, for them to get healthy it gives them three weeks to get things right and uh, you don't have to if this team can continue doing what they're doing which they're 10 and 7 they're right in the hunt you don't need to hurry back William Carlson you don't need to hurry back Pat Shreddy. let those bones heal in their feet and be ready to go yeah. so uh, I, I'm really encouraged by the team and these guys are getting fantastic experience against the best so big game for the Golden Knights last night they went 5-1 after two. Uh, as I Five to two, yeah. A uh, very uneventful first period, yes. as, as I said. I'm going, oh, what's what's going on with this? And again, it was. I think that's the first time, Brian, in a long time, or maybe the first time I can remember that. I mean, it, it's it seemed like a preseason game just from a crowd perspective because nothing happened at all in that first period. You know, a couple, you know, uh, you know, good saves, I guess, by by Leonard, but. For the most part, there was nothing happening in that first period. And all of a sudden, the second period comes. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. Golden Knights score four goals in that second period. And uh, it was 4-1 going into the third. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Robin Leonard was fantastic last yes, night. He, he let in that goal at the end, but, you know, so be it. But, yeah. uh, you know, that well, that, game was that, out of reach. That's why I said 5-1. Uh, I forgot it, about that one. Yeah, I was it, on my it, way it, out the door. Uh, the first period was very, very choppy for the Vegas Golden Knights. I didn't see the stats, but I'd say the zone possession was probably, you know, 15 minutes to 5. It was all Red Wings, uh, and uh, they didn't get a lot of huge quality looks, but the ones they got, Robin Leonard turned aside. And then they came out in the second period and just blitzkrieged them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they moved the puck great, and uh, 
White Cloud in his first game back gets two goals, and he was fantastic on defense all night. Uh, just a joy to watch over there. So uh, nice to see three goals from the defense. It was it was a really, really good uh, effort by the boys. And, uh, you know, for this team, if you would have said, oh, these are the nine guys that are going to be out and by this time uh, going into this game, how are you going to do? And you're 10-7, and seven, anybody would take it. So... Uh, good job by DeBoer, good job by the team, good job by the leadership in there, and by, you know, the goalie tandem of Broussois and, uh, of course, Robin Leonard. Yeah, and like you said, uh, White Cloud with two goals last night coming up uh, big, just you know, coming off the injured list. Uh, Nick Haig gets the first goal, you mm-hmm. know, last night. And, and again, yeah, not the household names. I mean, Riley Smith scored in the third. Yeah, what a beautiful but, goal. Yeah, fantastic goal. Yeah. So, yeah, Golden Knights, uh, they get that victory, especially coming off the loss to Carolina two nights earlier, which I think caught maybe some people by surprise. But then again, like you said, you're going to have these uneven nights when you have these youngsters out here, not just the youngsters, like you said, just the unfamiliarity that these guys have, uh, you know, you know, you know, with each other. I mean, too, too many, uh, you know, you know, injured Golden Knights right now. People are not familiar with Carolina because they don't see them very often out here. They are the best team in the NHL right now. They're the best team. Isn't that crazy to say? They're the best yeah. team, and they they move the puck with unbelievable precision and uh, really had us on our heels the entire way. They played as good as they could to tie that game at two. Uh, I mean, Leonard gives up four goals, and he's still the third star of the night that night. Uh, It was all Hurricanes, uh, and our guys were kind of chasing them around. So... uh, uh, that was, a, you know, from, from a pure hockey perspective, a pleasure to watch a team that can move it. And you, our guys, again, are a bunch of rookies out there. Uh, there were three guys on the ice that, that had their first goal the week before. So uh, in the NHL history. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was good to see them compete, uh, even though they were not quite as obviously talented as the, as the Hurricanes. Golden Knights victorious last night, 5-2. to two. Uh, They play again tomorrow night. Yes. You got the uh, Golden Knights uh, you know, <clears throat> playing, and then I believe Monday as well, too, right? It, no, no, not here. Not, not, not Monday, here. Monday, they go on the road. Yeah, yeah. So this, is, on the road. this is the end of the six-game homestand coming up uh, you know, tomorrow night. So yeah, it'd be nice to see them go 5-1 and one in this homestand. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, you get to see Line A for the first time uh, as a Blue Jacket, right? Um, which will be uh, good, and it's a new coach there. Uh, I have to go familiar with the Blue Jackets because uh, – you know, they lost Dubois for line A, and I'm not really sh- sure how they're doing this year. Uh, I don't follow them all that closely over there, but I will uh, look at it and have some good information for you tomorrow. You can't like anybody from Columbus, though. Come on, you're wearing big blue today. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Uh, yeah, Columbus <laughs> are the enemy all weekend. Absolutely. So, uh, exactly. And through next week. All right. Uh, busy sports weekend, of course, here in Las Vegas. We've got uh, UNLV football tonight. They close out their home season at Allegiant Stadium against San Diego State. Of course, San Diego State, uh, you know, having another strong season in the Mountain West Conference. So big game for them. UNLV is an 11-point underdog. And UNLV, uh, first time we've said this, Brian, they're on a two-game winning streak. And they can actually... You know, uh, you know, try to get another victory here tonight. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's probably going to be a grinded-out type of game. Probably not one of your typical Mountain West games, uh, you know, where you see games, you know, in the 40s or the 50s or something like that. Uh, the total, very low tonight, only 41, and that's because San Diego State has one of the best defenses, uh, not only in Mountain West, but really in the country as well, too. It'll be interesting to see how UNLV comes out and plays tonight because for the first time, Again, they have a lot. They're playing with a lot of confidence, uh, and uh, this will be a big test for Marcus Arroyo's team to see. Okay, last couple weeks, maybe you know, winning against lesser opponents. Now you're getting a, 
uh, a strong test against a good San Diego State defense. The key point that you said there is they're winning. Mm-hmm. They're winning games. Uh, earlier in the season, uh, the UNLV running Rebels were competitive in the first half of a lot of games and couldn't finish or really were not competitive in the second half. Uh, and so they've learned how to actually finish games. And it's nice to see uh, uh, the running Rebels put a couple wins together, first two wins in two seasons. And so, uh, you know, I think they're going to be competitive tonight. I think, it'll, like you said, it'll probably be a grinded-out game. I don't think there'll be a ton of scoring. But I think they'll be in that game the whole way. I think that 11 points looks a lot, rather rich for a Rebel team that's uh, on a winning streak. Look at, rather inviting. Here, Double V getting on the Rebel band. Wagon. No, no, no. That's just uh, come on. Now. I understand. And uh, so, but, but one thing I know, he will not be uh, on the Rebel bandwagon uh, an hour or so later over at T-Mobile Arena because tonight uh, we got the uh, Roman Classic, basketball classic. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Big Blue, Michigan. Jawan Howard, who just signed a, a five-year contract extension as head coach of the Wolverines, the former Wolverine himself, part of the Fab Five. Uh, the Wolverines in town tonight at T-Mobile Arena taking on UNLV. That is the second game of the doubleheader. The first one's going to be a pretty good one, too. You've got uh, the Arizona Wildcats out of the Pac-12 uh, taking on the Wichita State Shockers. Uh, Wichita State, great basketball tradition. Uh, been down a little bit. I just say a little bit the last couple seasons, but still, this is a perennial NCAA tournament team uh, year in and year out, so uh, that's the first game at 7 o'clock at T-Mobile. Arizona, Wichita State, followed by the nightcap tonight with uh, Michigan and UNLV. And the Rebels, they're 3-0. Happy for my friend Kevin. Kevin Kruger is doing a fantastic job. And they got a, a victory over Pac-12 team uh, Cal uh, there last Saturday as well, too. So 3-0 for the Rebels. And Michigan, believe it or not, we thought it would be a battle of the undefeateds. They lost to Seton Hall at, at Chrysler Arena a couple nights ago. Yeah, Michigan, they've struggled out of the gate. I watched them against Buffalo. And it took them till the final two minutes to put that game away and ended up winning by 12. They didn't cover, of course. The spread was 13. But then the, uh, against Seton Hall, they had a nice little lead. They're having trouble scoring. They're having trouble scoring in the second half. Uh, I think that game was 57-56 or 55-56, something, something real low scoring. Uh, but they let the, uh, the team get back into it. Uh, um, Seton Hall. Seton Hall, yeah. And Seton Hall's a tough, gritty team out of the East, but no, they're not going to scare anybody. So I think you're going to see an angry bunch of Wolverines here tonight ready to get back on and show that they can actually perform at the, at the highest level. Then what a great thing for T-Mobile, right? I mean, what a, what a tournament. You get, you get Arizona, who travels really, really well, their basketball program and their alumni and their fans. Uh, Wichita State, who's always a decent team. Right. You said they might be down a little bit, but, heck, they were like a, uh, an Elite Eight team a few years yeah. ago. Uh, then you get Michigan, the the, the the king out of the Big Ten, who got to the grade eight last year. Right. And, of course, the hometown team that's 3-0. and So right. this is a nice little tournament that they got put on. And uh, uh, I don't know if they did it around the Red Wings being in town, but it made these <laughs> guys from Michigan get out of the cold and come yeah. here. So yeah. that's a great thing. Yeah, And Wichita State's undefeated, too. They're 3-0 you know, yeah. with a good start. But a very strong you know, basketball program. So looking forward to that. Not only that, but then you, you come back here and you've got the Maui Invitational yes. uh, that's taking place at the Mandalay Bay as well well too and that uh, will start on Monday a great field there you got Wisconsin playing Texas A&M uh, early morning uh, on Monday uh, Houston Kelvin Sampson's team uh, watch out for them I got a feeling we are going to be talking a lot about the Houston Cougars coming up this year too mm-hmm. uh, you know in, in a very strong field in the Maui Invitational which is kind of strange because uh, at least they're getting 
get closer back to Hawaii, Brian. Because remember last year <laughs> they were they were played at Asheville, North Carolina. No, I didn't know. I don't yeah, remember that. Yeah, yeah. Funny. So the Maui Invitational they had to basically postpone, or you know they didn't want to postpone altogether. So they moved it out of Hawaii because of COVID concerns last year. So they played it in in Asheville, Asheville North Carolina. And the same thing happened. They said, well, you know what? We don't want the, uh, to have you know, the tourism really to come back and, and to host these tournaments with all these college teams. Let's be careful. So let's, let's, let's table it again you know, to have it back on the, the uh, island of Maui this year. Let's play Las Vegas. So Perfect. Kudos. At least they're coming back to the west here. They're coming back they're, to they're the west. They're coming closer to Hawaii. Look, and, 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 and Mandalay Bay went and got that. That's yes. great for them. They got a championship fight here this weekend. Oh. So that's great for them. And then Tuesday. I mean, stick around till Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. Right? I mean, you've got a rematch of that phenomenal, legendary game from the Final Four last year in the semis mm-hmm. where uh, Gonzaga won in overtime on a banked-in three, and they get to play UCLA again, and UCLA is right. on fire, and Gonzaga's number one. Mm-hmm. You can get number one versus number two. It's gonna That is just going to be lights yeah. out come Tuesday. Yeah. So not only just a busy, great sports weekend here, but... It will uh, carry itself over all the way till next week, yeah. until Thanksgiving on Thursday. So looking forward to that. And again, if you're a, a hoops fan, uh, this is fantastic because you, basically you have you have four major events, you know, coming here uh, in Las Vegas. And then remember, you know, coming up in December, the week before Christmas, you're going to have North Carolina, Kentucky, UCLA, and Ohio State here again for the CBS Sports yes. Classic. And, uh, yeah, so plenty of great basketball. And the Orleans has a tournament. And the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, will be here. Perfect. Because, because so they're, they're, the, Dons they're, are here. They're, the Dons are playing on Thanksgiving Day. Well, Las Vegas <laughs> has grown up with the arenas. The two new arenas, I'm going to see the stadium with the Legion Stadium yep. and the uh, uh, T-Mobile. Yep. Uh, we can now have world-class events here. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, the promoters of those places are doing it. Yep. And they're bringing the best of, of everything here. Yep. So it's an exciting time to be in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the toast next week. He's very excited to come in for the game yeah. uh, and it, it's just a really really uh, a great atmosphere to see and to see fans in the stands again cheering on their teams uh, I couldn't be happier all right so one of the most exciting events uh, coming uh, this weekend is tomorrow night and it is the fight and it definitely has fight of the year potential and you know we definitely Brian we would be talking about this fight with Terrence Crawford and Showtime Sean Porter for mm-hmm. the for Crawford's WBO welterweight championship we would definitely say it's going to be fight of the year, but it's going to be hard to top fight of the year because we just had Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. What a fight. What a fight. That was featured five knockdowns in that fight, and then Fury ends up knocking out Wilder uh, after he went down twice. Yes. So that, I think, you know, we'll, we'll say that's fight of the year, but this the Crawford-Porter bout definitely has everything to for a fight fan here. It is going to be a fantastic fight, and our good friend, you know, Showtime Sean Porter, uh, when he gets in uh, the ring, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get that that bulldog mentality, but he's also uh, a a precise, high IQ fighter as well too. He's been wanting this fight. He talked to us about it. You know, when, when he's been here before this fight was even signed, he said, "I want this fight against Ter- Terence Crawford." And then when it was signed, he was saying, "Hey." You know, I, I finally got it. And got to remember, he told the story. He's the one that really pushed the buttons for this fight. You know, reaching out to Terrence and say, hey, let's get this fight done. Let's do it. They're longtime friends. And then, like you said, Crawford went silent on him. And Sean got taken aback by that a little bit, saying, hey, you know, what, what, what's going on here? And, uh, of course, with the politics of boxing, the, the best fights do not always get made. And that's a big narrative of this fight. Crawford with uh, Bob Arum in top rank. Uh, has not been able to fight the top-tier welterweights because they're all under that PBC umbrella with Al Heyman, which Sean Porter is part of. Uh, and again, Sean's got a chance to fight 
you know, Keith Thurman and, you know, he fought, uh, you know, Earl Spence Jr. and narrow losses and that. Then, you know, he beats Ugas, who is now the champion, who retired Manny Pacquiao. So a lot of intrigue here, but the biggest narrative is that Showtime Sean Porter has been in with the best. He's beaten the best. He's a two-time welterweight champion. He has two narrow losses to Spence and to Thurman against Crawford, who you can make the case maybe best pound-for-pound fighter in the world next to Canelo. Yeah, the welterweight division is loaded, Hmm. and it's great to see, and it probably won't top the activity of a heavyweight championship with all that action, but it's going to be a great fight, and you know you're going to get the best out of Sean. He's a friend of the the Cosmopolitan. He's a friend of the show. Uh, He's a friend of the Cleveland Browns, and uh, I'm excited for him. Uh, I think he's a live, live, live dog here. Um, He's not going to uh, do anything but give his number one effort. He's in great shape, and uh, this is this is a, a career mover for him. Yep. He either moves up or he, he gets silenced by this, and he knows right. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's going to put on a show. Uh, he's done great jobs on his uh, TV telecast, so he's getting to be a household name across the across the country and across the world. And uh, you know, like I said, I think he's like six to one. I think you can get plus 600 on, on Sean Porter. Yes, you can. Freaking go to the window, TC. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, you got you got two good fighters in there, and you're going to give me six to one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I love Sean, and I know that, that Crawford's a great fighter, but, man, I, I really like that number. It is literally. Okay, for those that follow boxing, okay, and those of us that, that, that know these two fighters exceptionally well, this is virtually a pick'em type of fight. It should be. But with the bookmakers, they don't necessarily follow boxing that closely, and they look at the undefeated record of Terrence Crawford, and they look who Sean Porter uh, you know, has fought, but he's got uh, losses. But, again, you've got to look at the full body of work and what he's done in these fights. And then Styles, of course, make fights as well. Terrence Crawford is a guy that has relatively been inactive uh, for a while, and he has not been in with anyone anyone with the caliber of Sean Porter, especially at welterweight. Yeah. He fought Victor Postal, okay fighter. He's fought some guys, you know, at lighter weight, uh, you know, years ago. But, again, he has been kind of uh, hamstrung with uh, who he's been able to fight. And, uh, you know, we know how much Sean has wanted this fight, how diligently he trains, what a clean lifestyle that, that he lives here. And the bottom line is this. This fight could go either way. I'm going to tell you right now, Brian, that Sean Porter will be ahead on the scorecards probably through five or six rounds because Port, uh, Crawford is a slow starter. He is. And these guys know each other. They've been longtime friends for 20-plus years. They've sparred together. Uh, they know which buttons they can push. This will be a lot of close rounds in this fight. Uh, you've got three uh, comp- uh, competent judges uh, in this fight. So we will see how this thing plays out. But, uh, of course... Live dog, Showtime Sean Porter. It's insane to think that you're getting this kind. You didn't get this kind of value with him against Earl Spence, and he nearly won that fight. If he stands up in round 10, he probably wins that fight. That was razor thin, and he was only like plus $3 in in, in that fight. And now you're fighting Crawford at plus $6, and Sean has all the experience. And like you said, I'm going to just add to this about his television thing. Sean self-admittedly said, I'm a better fighter because I've been doing all of these broadcasts. He's the only guy in professional boxing that is fighting at a high level for world championships. And then while he's training and everything, he's working these Showtime fights, you know, for PBC on Fox and everything and commentating. And he's a fantastic analyst. 
Yeah, I'm excited for Sean and the opportunity. And again, six to one doesn't make any sense. I actually thought because I hadn't, I wouldn't, hadn't even looked at the number yeah. until about ten minutes before the show, and I'm like, <laughs> I think maybe it's three to one, and that's pretty good value. That's and where I, it should be. And yeah. my eyes popped out of my head. I'm yes. like, because uh, I was thinking maybe I get three hundred, maybe it's probably two eighty, but I thought I get right. three hundred. Right. Which it wow. should. Yeah. Which it should. I was should like, be. wow, that's that's something. I mean, they, I think they're over. Selling the the undefeated Crawford, who's yep. a great fighter, but I yeah, just absolutely think it's is, yeah. a, a great spot for yeah. Sean Porter. So yeah, I'll be cheering for him, and I'll have my dollars on him as well. Absolutely, and I'll give you another thing yeah. to, to look at your dollars. Probably the best wager on the board for this fight is you still got to lay a little bit of juice. Is the over ten and a half rounds? Yeah. This has distance written all over it. Uh, not that either guy cannot. Uh, you know, knock the other guy out because they could, and they both have a very good power. But because it's going to be a tactical fight, because they know each other, both of these guys are in supreme condition. I can't think of another fight where you've got two guys that are just uh, phenomenal at, 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 at physical fitness and taking care of their bodies. These guys don't go down. Well, and they got they, heart. They got heart. They got, they got big-time heart. heart. And they that's got a, skill. They got heart. And yeah. I, I'd be shocked to see if there was even a knockdown in the fight. Exactly. Yeah. So this thing, I, I believe you got to lay 250 for over 10 and a half rounds. No, that's per, that's right up your alley, laying yeah. 250. That, that, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> because, again, this, this fight is going to go to the scorecards. And Crawford may win a decision. He may, you know, may win this fight, but it would not surprise me if if Sean won this fight as well, too. So I think definitely a live dog there, as well as uh, looking at, at over 10.5 rounds. That's almost a given. There will not be a, a quick knockdown in this fight. Uh, these guys are going to share the ring. They're going to share some great moments, and uh, they will deliver some heavy leather to each other, but they're both very, very tactical. And tactical does not mean boring. That means tactical is they know when they can get in, when they can get out, and, again, uh, two very good body punchers as well, too. Yeah, and, and you made a great point that Crawford's been inactive. With him being inactive, um, it gives it gives you the ability to maybe win and steal four, maybe five rounds. Right. And uh, that's a big deal. All right. All right. So we're looking forward to that. So Mandalay Bay, uh, this fight sold out in three weeks. Okay. And uh, they couldn't have this at T-Mobile Arena because of the college basketball uh, tournaments that are going. MGM, same thing. Uh, they, they're packed. So, uh, you know, Bob Arum uh, went over to uh, Mandalay Bay. And what's interesting about the Mandalay Bay is, you know, Bob Arum was part of the, the crew that actually helped design this arena because remember all the great fights that have been in this building in the past. I mean, one of the greatest, and we talk about it all the time, with, uh, you know, Diego Corrales and Jose Luis Castillo. That was there. It's uh, a good venue for it's, boxing. It's it a really great venue. There's not it's a bad not, It's not a great venue for a concert, but it's a great venue for boxing. Yeah. In, yeah. yeah. In, or I saw a comedian there one time, and it was just completely out of order. I don't know. You know, if you've been in there since they, they remodeled, they spent $10 million on, on a renovation you know, when the Aces came. Came to oh, town. those guys, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 there you go. There you go. I'm trying to get you out to a game. But anyway, great venue, not a bad seat. Uh, the fight sold out in about three and a half weeks. So looking forward to it. So if you can't go to the fight, uh, check it out on ESPN Plus and pay-per-view. Uh, it is there for you. And our good friend uh, Timothy Bradley, Andre Ward, they'll be uh, with Joe Tessitore, will be on the call. And if you go to our website and you want to hear the interview we had earlier in the week with uh, Tim Bradley, fantastic. And uh, Tim talked about the story where he actually mentored um, Terrence Crawford. Really? And Terrence Crawford was, was one of Bradley's sparring partners. And it was Tim Bradley that said, this guy's going to be a future champion. And he goes, he's never been in a sparring with anyone that hits as hard as Terrence Crawford. And this was 2011. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. So, so some good insight there. <laughs> so if you want to check out uh, that interview. We also had Al Bernstein on yesterday. We talked about the fight. So as you know, you know, been covering the fight uh, uh, big time. So go check out 
all of that coverage of the website. And again, tomorrow night, uh, if you're going to be watching it or you're there, you're fortunate enough, it's going to be great. And uh, you can follow me. I will be giving you round-by-round updates like we always do at the uh, World Championship fights uh, from Mandalay Bay tomorrow. So you can follow me on Twitter at that, at TCMartin21. All right, when we come back, we'll start talking uh, some football, the college football, the NFL. Moreland Greenwood scheduled to join us as well. Marco D'Angelo next hour. It is a fabulous football, basketball, boxing Friday here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. This is Showtime Sean Porter. You know I'm tuning in to the TC Martin Show. Well, we got the skating going on here at the Cosmopolitan. Not the roller skating variety, which we're hearing right now uh, with Vaughn Mason and crew. Uh, Rock Skate Roll Bounce, one of your all-time favorites uh, back in L.A. you got to love that song. But uh, the ice skates, that's it. We need an ice skate song and see Double B on the skates at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas up on the fourth floor. It is that time of year again as uh, the ice rink gets uh, unveiled uh, everyone loves the ice rink at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. We kicked it off this week uh, um, with a, a co-star event on Monday. Tuesday we open up to the public. It's open from 4 to 11 every day on the weekends. On Saturday and Sunday it's open from 12 to uh, 11. Uh, a wonderful setup up there. You're skating above the strip. You got the snow. You got the s'mores. You got the, the hottie toddies working. We got a new thing called the chalet. You'll like that. It's a community uh uh, set up uh, where you got a, a community fire circle, more places for people to yeah. sit and relax when they're not out there skating. Uh, it's a wonderful environment, fan fan favorite, mm. and a community favorite. It's our 11th year doing it, actually our 10th year doing it here. It's my seventh year hosting it, by the right. way. Yeah. So uh, absolutely hosting the kickoff. And you there. do throw out the first skate. I do. Like... I throw out the first skate. We had Benny the ice skating <laughs> dog out there. He's great. A uh, beautiful rescue dog out of Utah, yeah. and he skates all over the place. He did some tricks. Yeah. Uh, which was nice, and he'll be back on December 8th. Uh, we have a VGK night on December 28th, uh, and it's just it's just a wonderful thing for the community. Every Tuesday, I'm sorry, every Monday and Tuesday, we show a, a, fi- a family-friendly movie mm-hmm. on the marquee at 7 p.m., and people enjoy their hot cocoa and their kids mm-hmm. skate around, and, uh, you know, you watch uh, a, a, a lot of fun stuff. And you get a chance to actually to pick out the movie uh, w- once in a while, don't you? <laughs> don't you? Now, you, know, if, you if, you're, if Double B is picking out a movie this year, a family-friendly, what's, what's it going to be? Uh, uh, you know, I'm a big marquee fan, out there. If we're family friendly, friendly, I'll go with Christmas Vacation, <laughs> or I'll go with Scrooge. There you go. I like Scrooge with Bill Murray because I'm a big Bill Murray. I fan. thought he was going to go Home Alone. I really thought he was going to go Home Alone's uh, a good one. Yeah, yeah. It is a good one. Gremlins is another good one yeah. that's a sleeper in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you go non-family friendly. You got the Trading Places of the world. You oh, got the Bad yeah. Santas of the world. Now, now you got, now you got some stuff that's really kind of edgy. But I think that Dude. we won't do that. Does it have to one. be a Christmas movie though? Can well, it just... It's a it's a holiday movie. It's it's a time. Why can't we do? Why can't we do? the season. Why can't we do Hoosiers? play basketball, you know, in the, in the holidays. It's, it's uh, November, yeah, December. There, there is not a time that's gone by that I haven't found two Hoosiers on the TV that I haven't watched the rest of it. <laughs> that's why I said that. My wife would come in. She'd be like, what are you doing? How can many times can you watch that? I go, hey, listen, I'm not sure if they're going to win this game. I mean, they're playing these, these, the big team from Indianapolis. So, Abs- uh, absolutely. And it's a wonderful movie. Great, it. great about the little kids that did it. It's a true story. South Bend High School. You know, and there there yeah. it is. Uh, not, not, not actually in the movie. I mean, in the movie, they played South, South Bend. South Bend Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Mighty Bears, they're, they're, right? They're blue and white, exactly. Yeah. Jimmy Chitwood was pretty good. He, I, don't think he missed, I think he missed one shot the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. On, on the dirt there. 
Yes. Yeah, it was, on the dirt. That's yeah. right. Shooting the, yeah. and the flat ball in the dirt with the, bent, exactly. with, with the bent rim well, uh, out in the park. Absolutely. you yeah. got to love that. All right. That remember the Titans. I don't know. I mean, those are two, two of the classic. Uh, remember the Titans, a magnificent movie. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, 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 that was in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, there 1971. Absolutely. Uh, Look at this. Uh, where, where, where they take over yeah. and they integrate the uh, the high school there. Yeah. What a, what an unbelievable movie and a great performance by Denzel. See, you, you put uh, uh, I, I so that is an all-time favorite. Go, Miracle's see? a great one. There's you love the one. you love the, the stories about the underdogs, but yeah. uh, uh, you know that was that was a real true story about the kid that got paralyzed and all that stuff. And if you read about it, it was really it was not all that Disneyized and, on that one. And that's why I love those three movies that we're talking about because they're all true stories. Yeah. You know, Miracle. Remember the Titans. Uh, Hoosiers. You yeah. know, Based on true stories. You gotta love that. And again, so yeah, if if uh, you know if I was in charge on the committee, I, I'm, I'm throwing you know. Probably those you know, on a in a sports theme. Like, come on, let's go. That's it. It's it's you yeah, know, ice that, rink. Let's that's go. Good. That's Hot good. toddies. I'm not, there. I'm not sure how many of our five and six year olds <laughs> are going to be that interested, but it's uh, you know it's they are great movies. They are great movies. And there's some blue over there. We see them over there. Go blue. Oh, there you go. All right, there it is. And I got to say, uh, one of the most enjoyable times of the year. Uh, for me personally, is going up to that ice rink because it is so much fun. Uh, again, especially when you get a kind of a little crisp, cool night there. You're by the ice. You're by the, the hot fire there. Yeah. The fire pit is outstanding. Hot chocolate. Uh, I'm telling you, to die for. Yeah. Uh, the best hot chocolate, outstanding. With the marshmallows, you do a fantastic job with that. And, again, the food options that are there. But just it's a night where you can just kick back, chill, relax, go with friends, family, uh, the ambience. It's fantastic, Brian. It is fantastic. It is, is must-see for people, even if you don't ice skate. Because I'm not an ice skater. And yeah, you, you certainly are not. And I don't. And so I don't need. I don't need to go stand in line and, and, and give me a pair of skates. Give me a, a size 13s. I don't need to do that. I'll just park it right by the fire pit. Bring the food in the ambience. I'm enjoying it. It is. It is. It's, it, it is really a great thing. Uh, we even did it last year in the thick of COVID. We did it safely yeah. for our for our family, and it's a it's a wonderful thing we do to the, for the community here. And uh, uh, the kids get out of school, and once they get out of school in mid December, we open it up at noon every day. And uh, special things if people want to go, go to our website. A great New Year's Eve there. It's a lot of fun. So. Uh, you know, open bar for those people who like to, to have a good time. Right. And then uh, ice skating and, of course, the fireworks that are out there and music and all kinds of fun. Right. The ice rink of the Cosmopolitan, but on the fourth floor. And, uh, you know, make your reservations now. Like Brian said, go to the website, CosmopolitanLasVegas.com, and, and check it out because it uh, you do, it does fill up as well, too. So, you know, oh, yes. re- reservations Absolutely. are definitely advised. We, we only have 13 of the, the fire pits that you spoke of. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, you want to get on there, Go again, go to uh, ice rink at cosmopolitanlasvegas.com mm. and book yourself one or, or, or call our, our team uh, at Cabana and Leisure Sales. They, they do a really good job, and uh, they go in a hurry. There you go. All right, my friend, uh, college football weekend. We've got some games. I will tell you, you know, our best bets are coming up next hour, so make sure you hang tight for that, of course. We give you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. Uh, next hour, Trevor Maddich will be joining us uh, via phone. And then, uh, of course, uh, Marco D'Angelo will be joining us, one of our resident handicappers as well, too. Brian, when I was looking at the college board this weekend, I struggled. I'll be honest oh, with God, you. Oh, God, yes. I struggled. Uh, it, for me to find three that I felt really comfortable about, uh, th- there are some matchups here. And, you know, the dogs have been barking loudly, especially in the NFL the, the past couple weeks. We had nine, uh, nine of the 14 games dogs covered 7-1 outright uh, in the NFL last week. It was eight the week before. 
I'm going to go on uh, say right now, especially from the NFL perspective, and I think so from a college perspective too, this is going to be a favorites weekend. I, I see a lot of favorites, and there's a lot of small favorites, especially on the NFL side, that I think can get home here. But let's spend some time here in this segment talking about the college side. Now, okay. Uh, we got the college football rankings, of course, that came out on Tuesday, and now you know we're getting to the nitty-gritty, only a couple weeks left of the regular season, and then we've got conference championship games and the, and the bowl games, and here we go, right? So we've got Georgia at number one, Alabama number two, Oregon number three, and Ohio State at number four. And, of course, there's that Oregon-Ohio State debate because the eye test kind of tells you Ohio State's the better team, but Oregon got the victory early on back in week two against the Buckeyes, so no one's going to argue about that. you still got the Michigan-Michigan State uh, debate there. But that's all going to get settled this weekend, all right? Let me ask you right now, and we'll, we'll talk about these games individually, but just from a rankings perspective, when you look at Oregon at number three, does your eye tell you that this team is the third best team in the country? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, they're not strong on uh, on either side of the ball, to be totally honest. They have a pretty good uh, defensive front. They've kind of uh, got through the big or the Pac-12 at this point. They're, you know, and, and, and I circled the game earlier. I didn't play it, but uh, it, it's awful hard not to like that Utah side, the way they run the ball at home. Uh, they, they've played a little down the last couple of weeks. Uh, really struggled, I think, last week against um, Arizona. Uh, ended up winning by 10, but that game was, I think, a two-point game or a three-point game late in the game. Uh, but it might have been a look ahead to this Oregon game. Uh, I think you're getting a real strong effort over there, and I think you won't even have Oregon in the in the conversation for it once they lose in Salt Lake City this weekend. Oh, you're saying the deck's going down, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, this, the spread is the number three team in the country is, is getting three points. I mean, that's that's a little odd. Uh, but I think the eye test shows you that Utah can run the ball. They're very, very, very physical at home. And uh, Oregon still looks to me to be a finesse team. And uh, I think that uh, Oregon very easily could have lost to UCLA. I mean, and even against Wazoo last week, that game was tight for a little while. They ended up pulling away and winning by 14. So, um yeah, the, the eye test says that Oregon does not belong in the uh, championship discussion. All right, and so this actually could be the first of two games against Utah because these teams will probably play each other in the Pac-12 championship game here in a couple weeks as well, too, Yes, which would be uh, uh, rather unusual. But we've seen this happen before, especially in, in the Pac-12. But, yeah, uh, we'll get to this uh yeah, they you just know, moved it, the start time of that. You see that 5 o'clock on December 3rd, Friday. They did. 5 right. o'clock start time. That's good. I get to bed earlier. There you go. I like that. And, and this game actually is in Salt Lake, but it's at 4.30. So yes. that's good, too. It's not one of these 7.30 games, oh, which I appreciate. Right. And we're getting a lot of those on Saturday night yep. as well, too. All right. Still got Cincinnati, number five, on the outside looking in. I know people are thinking that Cincinnati should be in, in, in the top four again. I'm one of these guys that says, you still got to prove it to me. You just can't have these narrow wins against Tulsa and Navy and Tulane. And again, and the conference, uh, you know, that you're playing and those opponents, you got SMU this week, okay? And I, I understand Cincinnati's probably going to be a popular pick here because they're laying, uh, you know, you know, 11 points, you know, in this game. But SMU can play. This will tell us something a little bit more about uh, Cincinnati and how they handle this game against SMU. But really, no one is on the docket here that I feel that can propel this team into the top four. Uh, I don't really care for the Cincinnati team. Yeah. Uh, they're they're narrowly winning games. They did win in South Bend, but that is that enough? Is that enough to get you? I don't think. Is that enough to get you into the elite? I I don't really think so. Um, but 
you know what? If they're if they're undefeated and Oregon goes down, they're next man up. Mm-hmm. So uh, this game, I kind of wish it was at SMU. I think SMU could give them a real tussle down there, but uh, I think Cincinnati will have too much for them in this game. All right. So when you look at number four, Ohio State playing number seven, Michigan State, you think, okay, wow, this is going to be a battle here. And then you start peeling it back here, and you look at the point spread at 19. I know a lot of people are saying, wow, there's got to be a lot of value there with Michigan State. Not really. Oh, no, there's not. <laughs> uh, I circled uh, I circled Ohio State, uh, and then I found a game I liked better than it. Uh, so they would probably be my fifth pick. Uh, Ohio State is just destroying teams. Uh, Michigan State's been very, very fortunate. They beat Michigan. Uh, after falling behind, uh, they did not look good against a few games. They got totally exposed against Purdue. Um, I, 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 there, there's only one side if you're a gambler, and that's to take Ohio State. Unless Ohio State's looking ahead, but how do you look past the n- number seven team in the country? No, you can't. I don't think you can. There's so. no looking past when you are battling for a college football playoff birth. Yes. You know, so there, there, is, there is no looking back here. But I know, again, a lot of people are going to read into that, well, what, what Michigan State did. They, they, they beat Michigan. Okay, but they were down 16 points, you know, late in that game, and they had to rally to come back. And, and let's be honest, Michigan does not have the same offense that Ohio State has. And there was a tough no call at the end of the game yeah. on, on a pass interference that should have been. But, you know, you can't complain about that. Michigan should have put them away, and they didn't. Uh, Michigan State got got the better of them at the end. And uh, I just don't see them being competitive in this game. I think it's over at halftime. Now, I'll, go, well, I'll play devil's advocate just for the sake of, uh, you know, entertainment here. <coughs> and you know, Ohio State has had some defensive struggles, especially oh, big-time defensive struggles. Early on in the season, and a lot of people say, well, no, that, that defense is, is really kind of you know, sort itself out. I, I don't think so. I still don't think this is a very good defensive team. And you go back to the last few weeks with Ohio State. Purdue moved the ball for, had to be four or 500 yards. They in did. That game. And people are looking at that the score. Q, the QB looked fantastic. They're, they're looking at a score at 59-31 where Ohio State wins in Columbus. And they say, okay, see, they blew them out. That Nebraska game, that was a contest all the way into the fourth quarter. They only beat Nebraska by nine points, 26-17. to And then you go to the, the home game prior to that for Ohio State in Columbus hosting Penn State, which really has, has no running game whatsoever. They beat them 33-24. to So when you really look at this Ohio State team, I'm not seeing juggernaut. And I understand, you know, people want to talk about, you know, the wide receivers. And yeah, I'm, still not, I'm still not sold on, on the quarterback. I mean, yeah, they're scoring 59 against Purdue. They scored 54 against Indiana. They scored 66 against Maryland. They scored 52 against Rutgers. But, again, uh, they have not faced any upper-tier teams at this point in time right now. And uh, I, I, I think it's a big number. I could see them covering this number just because Michigan State is bad defensively. But uh, I, I will tell I, you I this. I want no part of this game. Michigan State needs to score 40 to cover this number. You think so? Yes. Because Ohio State, their big play potential, their wide receivers are out of control good. Stroud has gotten very good. Those guys are four. You watch the game. They're four or five yards open. Three or four of them in every play. It's like watching Gorman play McQueen yesterday. They're just open. I mean, it just happens. So, uh, and then they mix in the running game, so they get to a lead, and there's just, there's just, to me, I, there's unless they grind it out, they would use that running back uh, Walker, and he runs and runs and runs and right. runs, and you keep that offense off the field, and that's going to be the recipe that I see that maybe Michigan can give him a win the following week, but. Uh, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think I think Ohio State's big plays. They'll probably have five to six plays of over thirty yards in this game, mm. and. 
before you know it, it's going to be out of control. Yeah. Michigan State, okay at the quarterback position. You know, Walker, fantastic running back. He can churn it up, and he may be able to get some yards against that Ohio State defense. But I think, you know, the, the big thing is people are looking at the Michigan State defense, specifically their secondary, not being able to hold Ohio State down. But then when you look at Stroud, I mean, do you get wooed by him? I mean, again, I'm going back to what he's, they, what they did fr- against Penn he, State and Nebraska. He's a freshman, and he's, he's, he's gotten better. He's, I, he's, I, I, I do like him. Okay. I do like him. And, and, again, he doesn't overthrow a lot of guys. You know, he, 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 he'll, he'll rather underthrow because they're so open. Right. And so they'll make it. I mean, don't, don't, you don't have to score a touchdown on it. But, heck, 40, 50 yards, pretty good pickup. All right. I mentioned Nebraska. They're playing Wisconsin. This Nebraska team, they have played well enough to win in just about every game. They've been in one-score games every game this season. And now they're playing this Wisconsin team who seems like they've now gotten it right. Uh, but still, uh, this, is, this line is 9.5. Uh, you got an opinion on this game? Yeah, I do. It's one of my best bets. Okay, so we'll leave. It's we'll, one of my best we'll, bets. We'll leave I'll that leave for it. that. But you, you know, when you look at, at Nebraska, they shoot themselves in the foot just week after week, and that mainly because of Adrian Martinez. And when you line these two teams up, I mean, you can arguably say that Nebraska has just as much talent as Wisconsin, but they just make mistakes, and they're in every one of these games. And it looks like okay, this is going to be the week. I mean, this team is going to end up with three wins probably. The entire season, Scott Frost is going to be able to keep his job because they've said, okay, you're coming back. But in the middle of the season, they have gotten rid of his coordinators, and they brought in analytical type of people for coaches. I mean, it is a mess there, and you just wonder, okay, is this going to be the week where maybe Nebraska says, you know what, we're, we're, we, we, we've tried every week, we mailed it in, we're going to go into to Madison and get blown out, or does, does this game stay close? So. We'll, we'll get your opinion next hour, you know, yeah. with that. But it's a, it's an intriguing game again, but one that I can't make a, make a call for, and i got to stay away. There's a lot of intriguing games where the other teams played their, their rival the week before, mm-hmm. and now there's a letdown, or there's games where they're playing the rival the next week. Right. So this week there's a lot of really weird matchups. I circled a couple of games. Like, how does Miami of Florida come out of that game? Right. When they got to now play at home and they're laying eight against Virginia Tech. Right. To me, that looks a good spot for Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. How does... Uh, Florida State's had a terrible year, but they beat the rival. Now they got to go and play BC. BC's going to be up for that game. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's just some really interesting games when you look at it on the docket. Uh, Minnesota, they're up and down. Indiana's up and down. There's just a lot. Of, Clemson suddenly favored over the, 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 the beast, Wake Forest. You know, can they – is Clemson back or can they play? Or is Wake Forest going to go in there and, play, and, and give them a game? It's just – it's really – it's a nice week of games because they're really intriguing matchups. Yeah. Hard to pick. I know. Really hard to pick. I know. We've seen this a lot with Clemson during the course of the year. It's like, oh, Clemson's only laying three, four, or seven, yeah. something like that. And there's another situation. They are at home, uh, and they're only laying four, you know, to Wake Forest. And Wake Forest coming off that shootout. Well, they're in shootouts every week, right? Yeah. Whether it's North Carolina two weeks ago or last week, they got the 45-42 victory over NC State. Mm-hmm. And NC State was a team that I – looked at very closely this week as well too i kind of wanted to pull the trigger with them because you know despite them giving up 45 points last week nc state's calling card is their defense now how does nc state come up because they had what i think won three or four in a row prior mm-hmm. to that wake forest game how do they respond you know so in your line of thinking there there's a, there's another game another the, team another one and and one i want to put and i don't know if you picked this this texas west virginia game <laughs> texas is coming off of arguably the worst loss of the season could be one of their worst losses in the history. They lose of to Kansas. Program. They lose to Kansas, yeah. and they're supposed to be growing. Yeah. Do they mail it in, having to now play 
at West Virginia, that's not going to be pleasant. That's a hard environment. Let me tell you this. I don't know. I, this, I mean, to me, how in the world can you play Texas? I mean, West Virginia is not a great football team, but Texas looked like garbage last I, week. I looked at that game, and I, I wanted to make a case for playing Mountie. I yeah. really did. I said, that two and a half, three. Give me Mountie on this one. I took a, a closer deep dive, and all you have to do is look back at what West Virginia last week, what they did. Yeah. They got drove 49-3. to three. Yeah. 49 to 3. Yeah, I've been on Mountie, you know, earlier on in the season. I'm not going back on Mountie. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't touch this game. But there are a lot of these games where, again, especially now with conference championships pretty much being decided where these teams are out of it. I mean, are they going to mail it in now? And and that's the thing, especially with, you know, the transfer portal the way it is nowadays, in both football and basketball. It's it's different. Yeah, you have very. a much different approach. Even though you have, you know, 60 college bowl games and, you know, you, you win six, you're going to get in. And some of these teams are hovering on four and five wins. But, you know, what? I just don't see the motivation with a lot of these teams now, especially from a player's perspective with some of these kids that are thinking like, you know what, I've I got beat up enough this year. I'm not really excited about going to the Boca Raton Bowl, you know? Yeah. I might see Marco D'Angelo there, you know, in, you know, in a bikini or something and, and with a Mai Tai. That might be good enough, but... Are you crazy? There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you look at something, like I said, we were sticking in the Big 12. Iowa State, Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Baylor, K-State. These are great matchups. I couldn't make anything out of the games when I handicapped them. We need Marco on. He'll tell us all about it. He'll tell us who to pick on those yeah, games. Yeah, he will. A- absolutely. And uh, I actually may be uh, you know, going against one of Marco's uh, uh, themes. You know, He loves the, the Dream Crusher game. I-, I love his terminology, too. Dream his crusher. Dream Crusher game. And there's one of these ones that I was looking at this week. I'm going, oh, wait a minute. That fits into Marco's Dream Crusher game. I, I-, I don't know. You know. So I still got some time to, to debate that one here. Before we Tre- give Trevor, Trevor likes the soul crusher. The, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> soul crusher. That's pretty big. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, bury, bury their soul, right? Yeah, bury their soul. Yeah, I was he did. He did. I was thinking I was on the opposite side, and they went like 50 to nothing. Exactly. Buffalo that week. Yeah. Uh, there you go, my friend. All right. A um, couple other games. Uh, this is weird, okay? And I know you mm-hmm. feel the exact same way that I do, and I know it's going to be in your best bets, but we won't talk about the result. But what the heck are USC and UCLA playing at this point in time right now. This needs to be the last game of the year. I mean, give me a break. Same it's, thing with Cal, Cal Stanford, the big game, uh, Battle of the Axe. What, what are we doing playing this game in the middle of November? Come on, Double B. They, they've done this, like, I don't know, five out of the last six years. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, how do you get up to play Cal the following week if you're UCLA? Every, this is the biggest game in UCLA in four years. since, Or maybe the LSU. But <laughs> this, is, this is UCLA has everything to lose here. They're they're going in full pour. They had a huge, huge bonfire, which I'm sure you saw uh, on the Internet there, and and big rally, and the eight-clap, and the basketball team's hot, and the football team needs to beat SC this week, and they need this game. And and, and SC, I don't know how much they really need it, to be totally honest. That's true. They got a new coach coming in, and a whole new program. I think they just want to be done with the season. But then you got to get up for the next week and play somebody. I I don't don't get it. I think that they they should have had – Mix something up, and UCLA, USC should play over Thanksgiving. As should Stanford and Cal. Absolutely. And Florida State and Miami. I don't. I don't. I don't really understand. Well, actually, Florida plays 
Florida State, so right. that's another right one. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that bonfire compared to anything of the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas on the fourth floor for the uh, at the ice rink, though. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. It was pretty <laughs> impressive. You know, the, the new AD there, Martin Jarmond, is doing a phenomenal job, and he's rallying the kids and getting the alumni back. I'm sure you saw that Villanova game, the excitement in the oh, outstanding. outstanding. It was it was it was yeah. alive. They came from ten points back. Uh, you know, Walton was all giddy the next game announcing it. I'm sure you stayed up to watch him play uh, Long Beach State and then uh, the drill, North Florida. The drill press. The North the Florida game. Ospreys. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. Uh, it was it, it was really nice to see. And so uh, I, I think they're doing a fantastic job at UCLA in the uh, athletic department. Is there a poly visit in your basketball future in the next few months? <clears throat> I hope so. Yeah, me too. I me hope too. so. I'd like to get The back renovation to poly. of the poly too. Right? Yeah, well, they, they've done a great job there. I've been there since the renovation yeah, a few times. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'd like to get out there I, i'm not sure between my raiders commitment and my knights commitment and my radio commitment here with you and uh <laughs> it's tough getting out to getting out to the uh, uh michigan game we'll yeah. see i'd like to maybe yeah. get to a game in february yeah. though well you know to be fair we do give you a pass you know to, to miss on fridays as long as you go to the bookstore and bring something back for us yeah That's well good. you know what next yeah. friday there it is next there friday i'll be in ann arbor but i'm good i'm good because we went through this for so people I'm... who didn't listen i had to send tc I don't know, 11 different pictures of merchandise at, at Michigan's store That's there. Right. And, tell, and tell the story because, it, it, uh, and this falls into our, our tailgate party yeah. at, at the Raiders game on Sunday. <laughs> and, and Double B asked me, he goes, hey, would you like to come, you know, sit with us, uh, you know, the Michigan UNLV game at T-Mobile today? Yes. And, but there was one prerequisite. Go ahead and tell people what the prerequisite was. Prerequisite, you got to wear blue. He says, you got to wear blue. blue. And he goes, well, you know, I have blue. I said, well, of course I know you have blue because I spent an hour in there <laughs> looking at stuff for you. Exactly. <laughs> and you did a fine job, my friend. I did. You look good. Well, you look you. good. You Looking look good. good. So there you go. All right. So don't tell my UNLV uh, family, okay, that uh, I'm wearing blue against UNLV tonight. That's right. Go yeah. blue. All right. Got to keep that hush-hush. All right. When we come back, we start handicapping the college side, the NFL side. Best bets coming your way as well, too. Trevor Match will be joining us via the phone. Our 15-time Emmy Award winner, the former NFL pro and the former national champ at BYU, and more importantly, the 15-time Emmy Award winner for his work on ESPN College Football. And Marco D'Angelo is in the house. We start breaking it down. College football, the NFL, right here on a football-slash-basketball-slash-boxing Friday right here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the great comebacks in Chiefs Kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. Caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. 35-34. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. That was a good start. That was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. 
It is a fabulous Friday here inside the Cosmopolitan at the Sportsbook powered by William Hill. T.C. Martin, Brian Benowitz, Marco D'Angelo joined us this hour. Trevor Match will be joining us via phone for our Best Bet segment. We'll give you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays, and, of course, it's all up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check it all out. Glad to have you with us here for hour number two of the show. The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, the place to be for a big fight weekend. Showtime, Sean Porter, Terrence Crawford. They will be battling right down the street at the Mandalay Bay, uh, the sold-out Michelob Ultra Arena. That fight on ESPN Plus and ESPN Pay-Per-View for the Welterweight Championship of the World. Uh, we've got basketball galore tonight at T-Mobile Arena, the Roman Classic featuring uh, UNLV and Michigan. And then Arizona taking on Wichita State. And then, like we talked about earlier, Gonzaga-UCLA battle of number one and number two. A little rematch from last year's uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, coming up on, on Tuesday, the Maui Invitational is here in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay as well, too. A very busy, heavy sports weekend. And uh, get on over here, of course, to the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Fantastic food options, as you know, whether it's the grab-and-go variety up at Block 16 on the second floor or the fantastic restaurants you got upstairs with STK, Blue Ribbon, uh, Zuma. The, the list goes on and on. And, of course, you know your gaming options, just a great place. And then the entertainment options here at the Chelsea Theater as well, too. The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. And if you're from out of town, book your travel and come here to the Cosmopolitan and enjoy all of the great benefits that uh, we have here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. You're killing me, Smalls. Marco D'Angelo, what is happening, my man? Well, uh, back from uh, my trip to Pittsburgh. Got yes. to witness that epic tie last week between... <laughs> Pittsburgh and the Lions and no Big Ben. Uh, we got the word on that as we were having dinner. Uh, you know, flashes across. Ben's out with COVID. So, yeah, I flew 2,200 miles to watch Mason Rudolph. Yay. <laughs> Not only that, but you went to watch the Lions. The lowly Lions, Marco. And, and probably more importantly, you had to sit in a rainstorm, didn't you? A cold rainstorm. What's up with that? Well, the Detroit Lions, why we picked that game, it was the week after my birthday and my business partner, uh, Johnny Detroit, right. obviously from Detroit. So we went to go have that. But uh, we did have club seats, so we were able to get out of the rain uh, when it did uh, start coming down heavy. But uh, it, it wasn't fun at all <laughs> to watch that game. And, you know, the uh, referees the week before the Monday Night Football, Twitter was just going nuts with the Chicago Bear game with the call. They made up for the, the calls in the Bears game in that one. The, the, the phantom roughing the pan, punter, the uh, phantom uh, roughing Jared Goff. Uh, it just, and then all of the three turnovers after guys. I hate when guys try to get that extra yard or two, and then they get the ball punched out from behind. Exactly. It just, it's not fun. Well, you, you travel 3,000 miles to go see Mason Rudolph in a, in a rainstorm. There, there you go. But you can't say that you were the only tie in the NFL so far this year. We were, and uh, unfortunately for uh, two of the people that were there, uh, you know, there's several contests around town, uh, the Survivor Contest. Two of my travel mates had Pittsburgh as their oh. survivor pick. And wow. so they're done with the tie. That's it. Done I actually with thought, the tie. I thought about that after that yep. happened. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking about that with Matt Holt or the week because Matt survived again. So he, But he said a lot of people got taken out with the Steelers. There yeah. it is. I don't know, Brian, is it true that uh, you know uh, a tie is like kissing your sister? 
You know, I, I can't recall kissing my sister, so yeah, you know, it's usually a hug. But, uh, no, yeah, yeah. a tie is worse than anything. Exactly. I mean, uh, Pat Dye used to like to go for the tie at Auburn. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you know, but, Dye the tie. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, Him since and they've Air- gotten rid of the tie, it's, yeah. a, it's a good thing in all sports. All right. Got to declare a winner when you start. Yeah. Absolutely, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no ties in pickleball, right? I, I don't really understand the – no, there's never a tie in pickleball. Thank Come you. On See. Yeah, the uh, – uh, um, I never understood that. I don't understand the NFL overtime. It's 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 bred to be a tie. If you, you get one possession, no score or a field goal, one possession, field goal, then there's no time left in 10, ten minutes. minutes. Yeah. Right. You know, turn the clock off. Let somebody win the game. Yeah. So I, I don't really get that. Well, you, you know what their reasoning is. We've got to protect our players. We can't have them out there. They, they've gotten beat up for 60-plus minutes already. Well, they were so protecting we their players by playing an extra game. Yeah, thank Come you. on. It's all Thank about you. money. I, they, nothing, they're not protecting their players. They make these ridiculous calls on the quarterback. You breathe on them, yeah. and they go down. Or, or a guy falls into, like, his leg, and it's a penalty. Hmm. It's, 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 it's actually silly now. Yeah. It's looking like soccer, isn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing with the tie now, it makes it easier for Mike Tomlin to keep his streak going of never having a losing season oh. as a head coach, he can go eight, eight, and one. Right. That's oh. not a losing season. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> good, good, good for the contract, right? All right, guys, let's talk about the NFL. We've got a game here on Sunday. We got the Raiders and the Bengals. This is to a game that features two teams that are mere images of each other. Uh, you've got two teams that have lost two in a row. They've struggled. Um, you know, they're both uh, five and four. They're uh, a game and a half out of uh, the, the lead in the division. Uh, you know, looking looking up at uh, their respective leaders. Uh, both teams need this game desperately. Uh, the line here virtually a pick them. They got Cincinnati a one point favorite. I know a lot of people thought, well, shouldn't the Raiders maybe be a a two or three point favorite in this game? It, Two teams that have been very hard to handicap this season as well, too. So let's let's talk Raiders. Let's talk Bengals. First of all, just from a perspective that both teams desperately need this game. Absolutely. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, at least they're coming off. Uh, they've got the bye week. So they've got two weeks to prepare for the Raiders. Raiders coming off a disappointing game. I mean, they were a complete no-show Sunday against Kansas City. The mistakes that they made. You can't have five turnovers in the last two games. And you got to, you know, you hate to say it and you don't want to make excuses, but how much is all the off-field problems starting to wear on this team? You've got an interim head coach and everything else, and it's spiraling out of control. I think they go out there. I think the offense, this is the best remedy for them is a Cincinnati Bengal defense. But I think Cincinnati's going to have success as well in this game. Uh, I do lean to the Raiders to get the job done, but I think I'm going to be better comfortable wise taking the over in this game i don't see either defense stopping the other uh and with cincinnati having that extra week they're going to put a couple extra wrinkles in there and i think that's an advantage against the team let's face it you've got an interim head coach that's in a position he's never been before i got to give the advantage to cincinnati he's going to score some points yeah, the, the Raiders were really disappointing in their execution last week. Uh, either it was a holding penalty or a legal procedure or jump off sides. You can't give a team uh, with a talent of like uh, with Mahomes out there those opportunities. Twice they had the ball dead in their hands for interceptions when the game was still uh, you know, in question. And they dropped the ball and Mahomes made them pay. 
they have no ability to stretch the field now without rugs. And so and the defense, the defense knew it. Uh, they threw one ball to Jackson, who caught it and was, like, surprised. He didn't, know how, he didn't know he had to run with it afterwards, and they knocked it out of his hands. A few plays later, it was over. What I didn't like is the way the Raiders uh, acted after that. After that play at 24-14, to 14, they quit. They just absolutely quit on both sides of the ball, and Mahomes said, all right, well, we're going to put up 40 on you, and yeah. they did. Yeah. So I don't like that. Um, the, the, the off-field, you lost your coach. You lost uh, your two uh, first-round draft picks. One right. threatened to kill somebody. One did kill someone. Uh, it, it's got to be weighing on this team. Uh, I do not like the Raiders the rest of the year after watching them play. Um, they're not executing well. They're not making plays they need to make to win games. I did not play this game because I don't trust the Bengals, but uh, I don't see the Raiders making the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it, it's tough. There's too much. In you know, Josh Jacobs is a guy who is usually pretty – pretty quiet and you know when you talk to him or the media you know in media interviews he gives you like you know short answers he was asked a couple days ago about if this is is wearing on the team and most of the other guys will tell you and they've said it and and rich passaccia said it too Derek carr said no 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 we're professionals we'll put this behind josh jacobs sat there and said Took a long, deep breath. He goes, yeah. He goes, it, it, it you know, really has. And he went into this long answer about what Henry Ruggs meant to him, how much time he's been going over Ruggs' house and spending time with him. Because man, these guys have known each other for the better part of the last five years because they went to Alabama together. And he said, he goes, visibly, he goes, I, I've been, been shook about this. And when he continues to go see Henry, it, it's, it's still fresh. So a lot of these guys cannot put this behind him. And probably even more so than the coaching, you know, scenario. And again, with the coaching scenario, you got Rich Passaccia. It's like, okay, nice guy, this and that. You know, first week we'll rally around this guy. Let's listen to what he says. But then maybe his message isn't coming across or it's not there. And they know that he's not going to be the head coach next year. So now you have all these factors. And more importantly, and Josh Jacobs uh, addressed this as well too, do you think this is, you know, kind of what we've seen in the last couple years? And it's like... And he really paused and goes, well, maybe. Where other guys with Derek Carr said, no, 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 we're, we're, we're better, we're better. The guys are still coming in early, this and that. But if that is starting to creep in right now with still, what, six, seven games to go, not a good sign. Yeah, I don't think Carr was bad. He got his arm hit a couple of times. The ball went straight up uh, for an interception and whatnot. And they were, of course, forcing the game in there. Uh, Jacobs, you know. Uh, Ruggs, it's, it's an embarrassment to the entire community what he yeah. did. Uh, you know where he was on Rainbow going 150 miles an hour. Uh, that, that, that's unbelievable. Then he misses his, his court-ordered uh, alcohol test this right. week. I mean, what is he doing? Does he want to spend 20 years in jail, this guy? Uh, so it, it's really it, it's sad. Uh, I, I'm not a Josh Jacobs fan. Right. I'm going to tell you right now. That guy doesn't seem to have the heart of a champion. I'd rather see the Drake in there at yep. this point of the yep. season. I agree. I think he runs harder. I think he catches the ball better. I think he sees the the, 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 the holes better. Well, he's more of a veteran, too. He's been around so the league I, longer, I, too. I just personally yeah. think I'd rather see him out there. Yeah. And this, this, you know, you got a buddy of yours that you're playing football with for the better part of a half of a, a decade, and now he's in jail, and his life is over. That's That's got a weigh on you. Yeah. I, I just I just don't see it, so. Yeah. And as far as, you know, cars going, last week when they fell behind as fast as they did and the game spiraled out of control, the Raiders are not built to run the football 14 times. You have to have more balance. That's what's going to make Derek Carr a better quarterback. 
and Kansas City didn't take their foot off the gas. And you said those two key drops mm -hmm. that could have been interceptions, that changed the game because not only did they not get the position, he finished those drives then and, and made them pay, right. and the game was over. I think against the Cincinnati team, they'll have more success. I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop the Cincinnati offense. Right. When that offense doesn't turn the ball over Cincinnati, they are potent, and the Raiders have not shown that they can stop people. Right. You go back to two weeks ago, they should have beaten the Giants. They dominated yeah. the Giants yeah. in that game in every aspect except the final right. score. Yeah, I think they got a – I mean, they, they've been trying to use the tight end so much that it's taken people out. Edwards is open. Edwards runs some good routes. He's fast and he's open, but he's the only receiver that looks like he's got the the ability to do that. Yeah. That and Renfro. Renfro's got the heart of a champion. Yeah. So, uh, but you know he's 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 not as uh, dynamic or, or a game breaker right. that you have out there. Right. So, so we'll see what happens. The Raiders uh, getting a point. Uh, One hundred five kickoff at Allegiant Stadium. Raiders and the Bengals, both teams struggling. Both teams need a victory here. Both uh, still have playoff aspirations. We talked about the Chiefs last week. Guys, you know how much I like the Chiefs. That was a, gr a great spot for them. Uh, not sure how to handicap this game this week because they got the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I was under the belief that, you know, the Kansas City, their remedy was the bust out against the Raiders secondary, kind of like what you were just talking about, you know, in, with uh, Cincinnati, Marco, for this week. And um, But, you know, Dallas, you know, same type of thing with the Raiders, not necessarily as bad in the secondary, but... Uh, they can be scored upon, no doubt about it. The concern in that game is, what are the Chiefs going to do defensively? They're back home, they're arrowhead, but Dallas, we know they can get up and down the field. One of the top offenses, if not the top offense in all of uh, football right now. A very low number here again. Chiefs only a two-and-a-half point favorite at arrowhead. Yeah. I'll, start it, I'll start it off yeah. because just breaking news is Cooper's out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper is out yeah. of the game um, with uh, uh, COVID. So uh, he's not going to play. That changes their offense a little bit. Uh, KC, you called it perfectly last week, TC. Uh, they figured out a way to kind of grind out some wins, and now their offense, Mahomes, if he plays even 50% as good as he did last week, they cover this number without any problem. I like the over in this game. Now, obviously, with Cooper out, that changes the dynamic a little bit. But all of a sudden, people are looking at Kansas City and saying, oh, they held the last three opponents to 17, 7, and 14 points. The problem is that was the Giants. It was Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. And then last week, the Raiders were just a mess. I'm not sold that the Kansas City defense is fixed. This is a game that Dallas will score. And I think now Mahomes has his confidence because they put up 40 points last week. It's like, and I'll use a horse racing term, sometimes you got to drop your horse down into a, a little cheaper claimer, get that right. win and get that confidence, and then things start to roll when you move back up in class. And that's the case here. I'll be looking at the over in this game. And the other thing that I'll be looking at is because it is two and a half, this is a prime take Dallas on a teaser, getting them through the three, four, six, and seven right. with a six-point teaser. So I'll have Dallas and over uh, with some wagers that way. That's a great analogy. In fact, we're doing that with Blushable. <laughs> Blushable just dropped down, won a claiming race, didn't get claimed. We're moving right back into an allowance race. We'll see. And won the race. So that's that's a perfect analogy. Or they or they don't do well, and hopefully they get claimed and they're somebody else's issue. Um, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, your horse racing update. <laughs> brought to you by the Benowitz Family Trust. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, 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 this is the game of the weekend. I, to me, I, it's going to be fun to watch. Should be a lot of offense, even without Cooper. Uh, but I think that the, there's just going to be too much KC. Um, we watched that game last week. Yeah. Like I said, other than Edwards, nobody was open. 
Yeah. Nobody was open. Car had to make pinpoint passes just to get it by them. So maybe KC's defense in their, is, is a little better than we think. So none of these wide receivers could go get a fake COVID card? You guys got your fake COVID card? <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're talking about Antonio Brown. And uh, you know, we talked about this when the story broke yesterday. Right? Okay, is this something that is real or what? Well, it, it's, it's real. He's not playing Monday. And the, the, just there we go. The mindset. The mindset of some of these guys, it's, it's beyond belief. He's going to offer somebody $500 to give him a, a COVID card? Please. That's disgraceful. It is. It's disgraceful. It's deceitful. It, it puts in jeopardy the entire team that's out there. Yes. And the, and the, uh, the, the future of their season. So I, I, it's disgraceful. And, and just to add to this, this is a guy that, you know, he had to be on his best behavior to, to get with this team. And he gets a Super Bowl ring. And Tom Brady goes out on a limb for this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and Bruce Arians does the exact same thing. And then here we go, midway through the following season. This goofball does this. I mean, it's, you know, well, he did it before the season, but now it comes out. But, again, I mean, why would you put yourself in the heart? And, again, team sport, think think about just doing the right thing, being the right guy. If you're going to sit and wait for me to ever say anything nice about Antonio Brown or Le'Veon <laughs> Bell, thank you. you're going to be waiting a long I'm time. With you. I'm with <laughs> you. Yes, there you, you, go. you lived it firsthand. Yes. I felt Steelers the same fans. way about those clowns. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a shame. It's, it's, it's a shame because right. they're talented guys and they can't get out of their own way. All right, let me ask you about a couple more games here. Uh, Arizona and Seattle. Kyler Murray, I thought he was going to be back last week. You know, late decision, nope. This week. Looks like he's going to be back. Still nothing definitive. And then, uh, you know, Seattle back at home. Arizona is a two-and-a-half-point uh, choice here. And if we go by the way these two teams have played as of late, uh, you got to look at Arizona here. And, you know, Seattle just is still not that – they don't scare you. And really at home, and I've talked about this before, how they've gotten beat by people, especially in their division, at home. So what are your thoughts about Arizona-Seattle? Well, first of all, there's Seattle with Russell Wilson, and then there's Seattle without. They're, they're not even the same team. Defensively, they're not good anymore, and that's a problem. They need Russell Wilson to carry the team. He came back last week. I couldn't understand the line last week. I, I sat there and looked at that game and looked at the game, and I'm like, Green Bay at home. Is Rodgers not in a lineup when I, when I see it only three? And yet Rodgers is there, and they play, and they win 17 nothing. That was like – that couldn't have been a good result for the book. There, there's no question. You're going to get the Green Bay uh, action. Now, this week – He's got a game under his belt. We'll throw another, you know, horse racing reference, you know, second off the layoff. You know, you're going to expect a little bit better out of Russell Wilson. But this Arizona team, they are good. Uh, last week, I, you know, you just can't explain how bad they played. I expect them to bounce back. But I don't want to get involved in this game because there's too many questions. Do you really want to, you know, go against Russell Wilson as a home underdog? That doesn't happen a lot. But, you know, it's not the same team defensively. If Kyler Murray's healthy, they can, they can torch the secondary. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked. I didn't see one second of the game, but I was shocked at the final score, 17-0. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> they don't score against Green Bay, and Green yeah. Bay's defense is okay. Yeah. But they don't score not one point with I Russell know. back in the lineup. I just, I, 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 there's just no way I could play the game. Nobody should me. put up a goose egg in an NFL football game. Yeah. Nobody should. 
I mean, it was Green Bay, and the weather wasn't great. Uh, you know, I hey, saw this. Se- I saw the second it, half. It was the the, yeah. the 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 field was clear. It was yeah. fine. Yeah. It was. It was, it was a Green Bay guy. Come on, yeah. the guy, guy lived in Green Bay for 12, I mean, 13 years. It was years. thirty-eight it was, degrees. I mean, that's clear okay. and fast. Horse racing term. It was okay. clear and fast. Clear but, fast. But, but, but we thirty-eight degrees for a guy that's had an, a hand injury. You know, yeah. a little bit. There. He didn't look good throwing the no, football last week. Exactly. All right. Speaking of uh, your Steelers, you want a, a quick comment? That's a Sunday night game. Steelers at SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. I'll just tease. Why did you just go to that game? You could have done that. Yeah. Hey, you, you, well, so, yeah, the, I told my seventy-five buddy, you know, degree weather. Yeah. What's wrong? You know, with what's you? wrong with that? Well, you know, <laughs> you had to go see Detroit, but uh, that's actually one of my best bets. So uh, okay, we should we should save that one. Good, good. Well, you definitely will. Uh, Indy, Indianapolis, and Buffalo. Okay, this this is this is a game uh, with Buffalo. Uh, favored by a, a touchdown. The Colts obviously have played better. They're a much different team than we saw uh, in the beginning. Uh, any thoughts on Indy Buffalo? Yeah, th- this is one of my best bets, and I'll talk on it right now okay. because uh, uh, I typically would love the Colts in this spot. You know, they're a tough team. Yep. They're getting better. Buffalo had a wake-up call a few weeks ago when they lost to uh, Jacksonville, <laughs> and they came back with a vengeance last week, and I think now you're going to see the Buffalo Bills play at a different level the rest of the year. I like Buffalo in a blowout. You know, that was my thing, uh, too, when I was looking at this game. Yeah. I, I, I could make a case really kind of for both teams, but with, uh, with Buffalo, I think that they have turned the corner, much like Kansas City talked about last week. And, again, will Kansas City continue to, to you know, um, you know vet, take that momentum they got against the Raiders. Will Buffalo do the same thing? I'm banking on yes. However, that Indianapolis Colts defense is a real deal. Yeah, they're good. They're good, and what you need is Carson Wentz to not have turnovers. Not, not be Carson Wentz. Okay, you, yeah. you, you need a clean game from him. And unfortunately, in the biggest games that they've needed this year, mainly that Tennessee game a few weeks back, we saw Carson Wentz make the bonehead plays. It cost them the game late in that game when they had control of it. That's my concern here. Yes, Buffalo responded in a big way last week. And as we just referenced, you know, they definitely dropped down in class last mm-hmm. week. That was the Jets. You've played Jacksonville and the Jets on back-to-back weeks. You're not even supposed to break a sweat, okay? But unfortunately, they did lose one of those games in his they refocused against the Jets. Let's see them do it again this week. You know, they're in a division where New England's hanging around. You know, nobody, they were supposed to run away with this division, and all of a sudden, Belichick's got New England playing good football, and, you know, how smart does he look with the crop of quarterbacks that were available this year? He definitely got the best one. Got the one-fifth. Right. I mean, Belichick, he's a master. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, very impressive uh, performance with New England the other night. Uh, again, shutting out. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, another yeah. shutout. Uh, Detroit, Mark, you watched them last week, uh, up close and personal. Take it on the Cleveland Browns. This Browns team has is, is become a mess now. The big number, 11.5 is the number here. I know some people are thinking, okay, you know, Detroit tries hard every week. They're close. Hey, maybe we'll take uh, Detroit here, plus 11.5, especially against a Browns team with Baker Mayfield, who's injured, even though he did practice the last couple days. And, of course, Nick Chubb in, out of the lineup. Any thoughts on Detroit? In Cleveland. Yeah, I saw today, and I haven't confirmed it, uh, Detroit switching quarterbacks this week. They got Boyle listed. Hmm. So, um, Goff is out. The Goff experiment is done. You know, (laughs) Goff was not good last week. I mean, it was a tie game, but Goff was not good. They did it with the, the running game last week, which was pretty surprising against the Steelers. Here's the thing. With the got a break without having Ben. And I know Ben's at the the end of his career, 
but a bad Ben is still better than you know a Mason Rudolph right. with no no practice time. That's the thing that you got to remember. And I always talk about the injured player theory, how those teams have done very well this year. But this was an injured player that didn't know he was playing until 12 hours before game time. You didn't have a game plan for him. He didn't take the snaps during the week. So you'll see a different effort out of Cleveland. They'll have more success against the Lions this week. And you're asking them, they could get the same kind of weather Detroit had last week. You know, this is an indoor team playing outdoors on grass. You never, you know, the weather can change in Cleveland quicker than it can change in Pittsburgh, let me tell you. Yeah, you almost said exactly went through my mind with the way you put this in this game because Detroit does hang around games. They got a tie last week. Maybe they turn to the corner. Uh, all kinds of injuries you're dealing with in Cleveland. They looked great a few weeks ago. And then against Cincinnati, right. then last week just completely, uh, you know, did nothing right. in that game uh, uh, without Chubb. So I was dying to play Detroit. And I was, then I looked like, oh, well, maybe Cleveland's the right play. And right. I just, you know what I said? Put an X through it. X. 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 Put yeah. an X through exactly. it. I don't, how, I don't want any part of and it. And how can you pull the trigger with Detroit really at any time? No, it's, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to. Especially now, if they are making this quarterback change, and again, you know, they're golf is terrible, one. but but he's still the best option that they have. And we talk about what's going through these players. I mentioned earlier from uh, you know college perspective, especially when you're in these downridden programs like in Nebraska and this and that. It's like when do we quit? These NFL guys, the same thing. When you are winless and you're playing in this cold weather and you know that you're another decisive underdog, yeah, you just don't know. You know, you can only take so much of Dan Campbell's raw raw speeches. And that was fine in training camp in July and August and maybe the first few weeks of September. But at this point in time, they're tuning him out. Yeah, and golf doesn't seem to have the leadership there. No. And like you said, he's not even going to be starting. All so, right. All right, guys. We get to our best bets when we come back. We'll give you our three best college plays, three best NFL. Trevor Match will be joining us from ESPN via the phone. We are live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on this fabulous Friday. Hey, this is Tyson Fury, a.k.a. the Gypsy King. And I'm here today ripping it up with T.C. Martin. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas here on this Friday, our Friday home. Of course, no better place to be. Of course, the show here, the T.C. Martin Show, streaming live 2 to 4 p.m. wherever you may be. And, of course, check out the website. You can check out all of our great interviews uh, up on the website, the current interviews, the past ones. We've got some classics up there as well, too. And, of course, uh, this week, a lot of fight coverage. Check out uh, the thoughts on the fight with Terrence Crawford and Showtime Sean Porter battling for the WBO welterweight championship uh, will be a fantastic fight coming up Saturday night. Our interview with Tim Bradley is up on the website uh, as well, too, who will be part of the call of uh, on ESPN's uh, coverage, ESPN pay-per-view uh, coming up tomorrow night. So looking forward to a fantastic, much-anticipated welterweight showdown between two of the best fighters in the world in Terrence Crawford and Showtime, Sean Porter. All right, right now it is time. Football and best bets. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, this is how we roll each and every week. We give you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. Myself, Double B, Marco D'Angelo in the house with us today. Trevor Maddich is joining us uh, via the phone as he gets ready for his ESPN uh, duties. And Trevor's been the, the man on the Mac coverages uh, the last couple nights, so... Uh, 
you know, this time of year, Trevor never gets much sleep. Also up on the website, you can get uh, Matt Holt, Scott Spreitzer's uh, picks as well, too. And Gilby, the intern, who actually had a winning week, guy yeah, went boy. two and one. I mean, Gilby's turning, you know, he's turning the corner here. There you go. All right. See, he just needs a little, little coaxing, you know. He's doing good. He's, 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 he's moving right yeah, up the chart. Yeah. We, we told him to get off those those, those favorites, uh, you know, lane 29, 30. Uh, get off the the New Mexico states of the world. Get off the, the totals of over 79 and 89, you know. Just yeah. giving you bad time. There it is. Trevor Maddich, give us your three best college plays, my friend. Lead us off. Okay, TC, I uh, have been laying a lot of points with favorites that should go out there and win. What I've learned is that the favorites this year are awful. Favorites are terrible. Favorites don't even care if they win by one point or whatever. Favorites don't care about the committee. So I'm going with with an underdog here. UCLA is at USC. USC is getting three points. I'm taking the Trojans and the points. These teams are... You know, how do you, how do you pick them, really? Because both teams are floundering. To me, the biggest thing that stands out is that in common games, most often USC has either lost by less or won by more. But now USC, I think, has a, a reason to be fired up for this rivalry game. It looks like they'll be starting Jackson Dart at quarterback, sitting down Keaton, Keaton Slovis. That means the two teams floundering, two teams with no big reason to win, one of them has a new signal caller who is fired up to start his college career, and I think that will be enough for USC to, to win outright, much less with the points. Second, okay, I am taking a favorite. Notre Dame's at home, giving 17 to Georgia Tech. Well, Notre Dame right now has a chance to get into the top four, even to jump Cincinnati, who beat them, because the committee has established that this year, once again, they don't care about head-to-head wins. Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, but yeah, who cares? That's just a tiebreaker to apply at the end of the process if you can't differentiate between teams by other ways. Well, that means Notre Dame could jump Cincinnati before the committee ever gets to the tiebreaker. With some other help, the Irish can make it into the playoff. The Irish have been running the ball exceptionally well. Their offensive line has come together. Georgia Tech's pass, or rushing defense, I'm sorry. Georgia Tech's rushing defense has been abysmal. I think Notre Dame runs away with this thing. And then I've got Vanderbilt at Ole Miss. And I'm taking the under on this one. It's 64.5. Vanderbilt can't score at all. Ole Miss to score a lot. But they've got the Egg Bowl, their big rivalry against Mississippi State, next week. And what I think will happen is that they'll jump out to a big lead, and then Lane Kiffin, the coach for Ole Miss, will get Matt Corrales' quarterback and other key starters out of that game, take the air out of that game, and try to be as healthy as they could possibly be for the egg bowl. That, that opens the door for a back door in a lot of ways, but I just don't think with Vanderbilt not being able to score, they'll go over 64.5. You know, Trevor, I looked at that game, and I was trying to make a case to play Ole Miss, thinking they're going to run it up and down the field. And then I uh, did a little deeper uh, dive into this, and I noticed that there have been those games where uh, Ole Miss against lesser opponents have only scored like 27 and 30 and, and, and 33 points and that sort of thing. So makes a little bit of sense there, you know, to go with the under. Right. I, I actually like yeah, here's, what makes even, there you go. here's what makes <laughs> even more sense, though. The way my picks have gone the last three weeks, whatever I say, pick the opposite. You'll be able to buy a vacation <laughs> home in Maui. <laughs> there it is. I do like Maui. Yeah, it's true. Maui Invitational is in Las Vegas. That's right. Don't forget that. All right. At least better than Nashville, North Carolina. Marco D'Angelo, three best college plays. 
All right, I'm going to start off with Cincinnati. I'm going to lay the 11.5 with them against SMU. I know people are going to look at this one and say SMU can score a ton of points, and Cincinnati's been just getting by. You know what? This is the statement game. This is the last game on their schedule. I like them, and the difference is defense. Cincinnati is number four in the country at uh, yards per play allowed where SMU is 85th and Cincinnati is number seven in points allowed. SMU is 64th. Look for them to run it up this weekend. Going with a dog, and this one, if you look at it, you got to shake your head, and I love when I see this. You've got a top 25 team in uh, Texas San Antonio, undefeated, 10-0. They're laying less than a touchdown. They're begging you to take Texas San Antonio. I am not doing it. UAB plus the points pull the upset. Take UAB in this one. They're all the pressures on uh, Texas San Antonio. And too often teams that are not in this position before uncharted water, they start to play not to lose instead of playing to win. And that's not what you want to do when you're <coughs> laying points. The last one, and uh, this one here is East Carolina at Navy. East Carolina coming off a big game last week, but they caught Memphis coming off a perfect spot playing uh, the big game the week before. They were flat looking ahead. Now you got East Carolina. They've got to prepare to stop the Navy run, and Navy's had two weeks to prepare. Yes, Navy's coming off of the Notre Dame games. You could say, hey, they're flat. No, they play Notre Dame every year. That's not a big deal like it is for some schools. I like Navy to roll in this one. You try stopping that run for like 65 plays whenever your your mind isn't in it coming off a big game and you got a bigger game on deck, give me Navy. Call the upset, 28-24, Navy. Look at this. Okay, uh, just to your UAB pick, I actually watched just about every snap last week of UAB and Marshall. Yeah, last you lost week. that one. And I lost that one, oh, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> I was kicking myself, like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Uh, UAB, very, very impressive. Yeah. So, and, and I've been on San Antonio in the past. So I have good this year. I yeah. rode them yeah. a lot. This is a squad I don't like. Double B, hit me. Well, I'm going to start off in the Big Ten, and I'm going to lay the number. I'm going to lay nine and a half with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the hottest team in the country, as far as I can see. They, they absolutely demoralize the team because their defense has been good all year. Now their offenses come around. Nebraska, they've laid down. They've been in some games. They can't finish. They're going to make some turnovers because that's what Martinez does and create a short field. This game's 21 nothing at half, and they win their game like you normally, like 26 to nothing, like you usually see them kind of going away, get a little safety in there. Uh, next, I you know it kills me to do this, but what a horrible spot for Michigan. They played Penn State last week. They got a great come from behind win. They got Ohio State on deck. Now they got to go to Maryland and lay 15 points. Sandwich game here. I'm taking Maryland. I'm going to take those 50, actually 16 points uh, because it's a good spot. Not that I like Maryland at all, but I think this is a perfect spot and a very difficult spot to cover if you have Michigan. Lastly, those mighty Bruins are going to roar when you go into USC and the Coliseum. This team is fired up. Last week, and, and again, you could have made an excuse to say, hey, I'm going to take Colorado. They're down 10 points at halftime, TC. You know what the second half was? 34 zip. The Bruins woke up. They're ready to go. They're going to go into the Coliseum, and they're going to whack them. US, USC, USC they, don't have, they don't have a clue what's going on. They don't have a coach. they got this guy Dark coming into play. Forget it. UCLA, big. I almost did the costume change today. I almost brought the UCLA gear as well, too, Be because of that. I, I looked at this game, and I, I, I wanted to pull the trigger with UCLA. So there you go. All right. You in the blue. doesn't matter if it's baby or 
or maize or no well maize is gold but there yeah, you go yeah, that's very nice <laughs> all right guys uh i'm gonna go to the game that maybe i shouldn't do i know mark is gonna give me this the, the, his and correct me if i'm wrong marco this fits into your dream crusher game oklahoma against iowa state i am gonna lay three and a half with these sooners and marco's shaking his head says don't do it but i'll tell you why i'm gonna do it i've seen enough of this iowa state team this year and they really do make me sick i mean brock purdy Brees <laughs> Hall, these guys have have really, really been a letdown. They've lost two of their last three games, and what did they do last week? They get beat by Texas Tech, and this is not a good road team. Uh, we saw them come out here to UNLV earlier this year, had a really slow start, and then, you know, again, it was UNLV. But the bottom line is, this is not the same Iowa State team, not good on the road, and uh, they do not perform well against speed teams, which Oklahoma has. I think Oklahoma got their little wake-up call. They're going to be back at home, and they're going to say, you know what? We, 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 we are, we are going to get things together here. When was the last time we could say that you could lay less than four with the Sooners in Norman? I can't remember the last time. So I'm going to give it a shot here, and I don't care if it's Spencer Rattler. I don't care if it's the other guy. It doesn't matter to me. I think Oklahoma has enough uh, weapons to take care of business against the Iowa State team, just the speed factor alone. And, again, uh, Purdy, in my opinion, having a very uh, below-average year. I'm going to go with the OU. Uh, Alabama, Arkansas. Uh, I'm going with the tide here, guys. I'm going to lay the 20 here. I'm going to sound like Trevor Maddich, but here's the deal. Last week, Arkansas went a double overtime game against LSU, and the final score was 16-13. to Arkansas really has some problems scoring against top-notch defenses. And, uh, again, they, in, in double overtime, they can only get 16 points last week against LSU. Since the loss to A&M, the tide has nothing but rolled here. This is the time of year, as we know, you know calendar flips, and, and Nick Saban's got these guys focused. I don't care Auburn's coming up or whatever, because that's going to be a blowout, too. I'll call that one right now. Now, especially with the injuries that Auburn has and everything, especially with Bo Nix. Now, we've seen Alabama in these type of situations before where they have blown out uh, these opponents in the SEC. Last year, what they do to Arkansas? Blew them out by 45. Uh, same thing's going to happen this year. That was that was in Arkansas. This one's in Tuscaloosa. I'll lay 20 with the Tide. And I'm going to go to that Pac-12 game, Utah and Oregon. This is two, two battle of two teams, kind of like uh, Cincinnati and the Raiders, but better versions, mere images of each other. Both like to run the football, got staunch defenses. But I think the home field is going to play big time here at Rice Eccles. And uh, Utah has been phenomenal. I think they've they've won 14 of the last 15 at Rice Eccles. And uh, short price here, laying three. I don't like Anthony Brown as a quarterback for Oregon. He, he doesn't do anything for me. This guy is just, he's a pedestrian quarterback. And uh, how does this team become number three? And there's a loss to Stanford that no one wants to talk about. A loss to Stanford. Are you kidding me? No. There should have never been a... Th- uh, an extra play in that game. Well, By that, the way, that, that was some terrible officiating yeah. at the end of okay. that game. They gave him like three offensive pass but, or defensive pass interference calls. Or gave Stanford the game. Oregon does not pass the eye test for me for being number three. So again, here and I think these two teams will face each other two weeks. Oregon may, you know, when they play in Santa Clara or whatever, they may get the payback. But this week at Utah, I will take the Utes. Play where? 
when they oh, oh uh, Las Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah they're playing <laughs> thank, here. Thank goodness. My goodness, that's right. Uh, thank goodness. All right. Where have I been? Thank, <laughs> you and I always talked about how dreadful that was. Oh, and, and we were so happy that it's coming here. It, it's thank really you. exciting. Yeah. It's going to be great. I All can't right. wait. All right, fast turf then. Okay, watch that's out right. for the Ducks then. All right, Trevor, what do you got for the NFL? <clears throat> okay. For the NFL. By the way, that's a, that's a, a bold pick between Oregon and Utah there, TC. That, I was thinking about going that game, and I just I just couldn't get myself to do it. So you are a braver man than I. We'll see what happens. Okay. So, first of all, I've got uh, Green Bay at Minnesota. I'm taking the under at 49. The reason is both of these defenses are primed to, in Minnesota. They have big games. I mean, Green Bay is averaging 13.8 points in the last seven games. So about 14 points per game over the last seven games. I know they're a bit banged up, but it still has quietly become one of the best defenses in the NFL. Minnesota's defense is horrible on the road, but really good at home. I mean, they're giving up 14 points per game at home, 28 points per game on the road. Well, guess what? They're at home. And this Green Bay offense... Is, it's proven that it's not been able to do a whole lot without Aaron Rodgers really healthy and, and primed and ready to go. And Rodgers, you know, he missed 10 days because of COVID. He came back and banged up his toe last week, and he missed Wednesday's practice because of that toe. He says it was a mental day, but he had 10 mental days on the COVID protocol. And so I think that they might take it easy with him from the standpoint of offensive play calling, and I think he might want to protect that toe. In other words, he might not want to scramble when he could. He might just pull a Tom Brady and throw it away, that kind of a thing, because they have bigger fish to fry than the Minnesota Vikings. So I think it all adds up to the under at 49. Then you've got the Cowboys at Kansas City. The number on that one is 56, and I am taking the over. And this is a simple play with the matchups. I mean, you break it down to the most elemental elements. Both of these defenses are just terrible. Both of these defenses just can't stop anybody that's really trying to move the ball and score in some sort of desperation. And I think both offenses are very good, and both offenses will find themselves in desperate circumstances because the minute one of these offenses starts to move the ball and get a couple of scores, the other one is going to pull out all the stops, and they're going to be going for it. And I think you're going to have two high-octane offenses trying to keep up with each other against two defenses that have no chance of stopping it. So I'm going with the over 56. And then Washington burned me last week. I thought Tom Brady would come out and get him. And Washington played like the 85 Bears. Washington played like the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. I think Washington will play like the 2021 Washington football team against the Panthers. They are at Carolina. The Panthers are giving 3.5. I say take the Panthers, lay the points. A couple reasons why. The Washington defense is not going to have either of their two great edge rushers. Montez Sweat has a broken jaw. He's recovering from Chase Young, was injured and lost for the season last week. And they still did a good job against Brady. But I think with a week to see who those new guys are on the edges, I think you'll find Cam Newton, who's new to the offense now, back in Carolina and starting. Cam doesn't have to be fully proficient in what they're doing. He just has to be able to feel when that pass rush gets out of their lanes by just a little bit and take off. And if he does that, I think he'll move the ball and he'll do some stuff. So I think Washington comes into this game with a bigger disadvantage on defense than a lot of people will give credit for because of what they did to Brady last week. This is a different problem. This is on the road. I'm taking the home team and laying the points. All right. Thank you, Trevor Maddich. Yep, that's it. All right. Uh, Marco, give us your three best NFL. 
Well, I'm going to go to the uh, Green Bay-Minnesota game, but I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Green Bay, five straight games, 24 or less points. Uh, they're doing it with mirrors in the <laughs> smoke and mirrors right now. In Minnesota, guys, five losses this season by a grand total of 18 points. One of them was by seven points, and the rest were four or less. I'm taking Minnesota to pull the upset. <coughs> Next one. This is going to be hard to swallow, guys, but I'm taking – I hate even trying to say it was Uh-oh. hard. Uh-oh. I'm taking the Houston Texans plus 10.5 against Tennessee. Guys, if you if Tennessee can show up after the stretch of games they just played and then have New England on deck in Bill Belichick, this is a sandwich spot. Yeah. Two weeks to prepare. Tyrod came back right before the break, so now he had a game under his belt and two weeks to prepare. This is going to be closer than you think. Take Houston. And the last one, I am going to take my Pittsburgh Steelers. Mason Rudolph had no shot last week. He, he finds out 12 hours before game time you're the, you're the quarterback. You'll have a game plan in place for him, and they'll be better prepared. And right now the Chargers are in free fall. They were playing so well, and all of a sudden they can't stop anybody anymore. I'll take my Steelers plus the points, and I'm not a homer. You know I go against them as much as I go with them. Take Pittsburgh plus the points. Is the Texans a hot sandwich or a cold sandwich? It's one of those ones with the stinky cheese, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right? It's when your mom said, eat it, it's good for you, and you said, no. I want no part of that game or that sandwich. Brussels sprouts. (laughs) That that was a stinky cheese. It was Brussels sprouts you're supposed to eat. Exactly. What what household did you grow up in, Marco? (laughs) You know, this is the problem when you you get confused your Brussels sprouts with your stinky gym socks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Brian, uh, tell us what uh, Mama Benowitz is cooking up there. Well, I'm going to tell you, we already talked two of them, so uh, right. I, I like the Bills and I like the Chiefs because they both uh, have, have found their stride after some uh, bumps in the road, and I think they're really going to uh, end the year on a good basis. The last one I really like, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars getting six and a half at home. 49ers on a short week, had it looked real good. they got to come out and play a team that can play some defense. They absolutely played a great game in Indianapolis, held them to 250 yards, and then held the Buffalo the week before. Now they're coming home. Team from the West Coast having to go all the way there and play Jackson after playing on Monday. What a great spot to take the points. All right. Fine. I'm going to go against Marco, not with the stinky sandwich game, but I'm going to take the pack, laying one on the road here. Green Bay is rolling right now, and uh, the matchup against uh, Minnesota always uh, provides uh, a great uh, a great focus team for the Packers here. Rodgers and Adams, they should be able to pick apart this secondary because this Vikings secondary really uh, is bad. And defensively, the Vikings have not been all uh, that strong this year. Minnesota has been wildly inconsistent. Eight of their last nine games have been one-score games, and it hasn't been against elite opposition for the most part as well, too. As we know, this team tends to falter late in games. They struggle with every team they play. It does not matter. It is going to be a close game. And the Packers, solid on both sides of the ball. A lot of people not giving uh, the Packers credit for defense. They've got one of the best defense. I think the number three-ranked defense in the NFL. And now Rodgers with the game under his belt. Loves playing in those indoor comfy conditions there uh, in in Minnesota in the Dome uh, with Devontae Adams. So, and then let's just throw in this too, guys. The Kirk Cousins factor. I cannot get behind any Kirk Cousins. I will go against Kirk Cousins eight days a week, twice on Sunday, and definitely this Sunday, the Packers lane one against Minnesota. Saints and the Eagles. New Orleans has 
been a hard luck losers the last two weeks, losing by two points in the final minute. We saw what happened last week against the, the Tennessee Titans, and then two weeks ago they lost in that last second field goal uh, to the Falcons. Uh, the Saints have not lost three in a row in five years. It's not going to happen this week as they take on the Eagles in Philadelphia. Let's remember, before the two-game losing streak here, uh, the Saints team won three in a row, and one of those was the beatdown against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Philadelphia hasn't won a home game this season. The last home game they won, they beat the Saints last year. Okay? So, revenge game, Double B. There's a revenge mode. We always got to throw in a revenge. Love, the, re- love the revenge. Of course you do. You love the Drake. You love the revenge. <laughs> Philadelphia has not beat a team with a winning record this year. Who have they beaten? Their wins have come against... Detroit, Carolina, Atlanta, Jets. Are you kidding me? They've lost to every team on their schedule with a winning record. Pretty easy here. Take the Saints, and they're getting a point and a half. Come on. Indianapolis and Buffalo. I'm with you, Double B. I wanted to pull the trigger on Buffalo and lay it, but I did something that I rarely do, guys. Total. I went with the total, and I like the under here a lot. The total is 50 I'll tell you why. Both teams have solid Ds. Buffalo is number one. They're giving up 15 points per game during their past three games. They've allowed a a combined 37 points in their last three games and then 15 overall for the entire season. The Colts' strength is their defense. 21 takeaways, uh, second in the National Football League. They have a very strong pass rush, as we know, and linebacking core. This total, in my opinion, and you can speak on this, Marco, I think it's skewed high because the Colts have averaged 30 points per game over the last seven games. But look who is against. Jacksonville, Jets, Houston, Niners, and Dolphins versus top teams. They've been hard-pressed to score. Plus, you got Carson Wentz and Josh Allen both are turnover-prone, especially Carson Wentz. I would hate to get involved in under here and have one of these Carson Wentz you know, interceptions in, in, in his own end zone like we saw a couple weeks ago. But I'm banking on weather, being cold, a little frosty. It's going to be windy as well, too. Two good defenses, under 50. I can't disagree with you. And you've got to think they trim the uh, game plan back to keep Carson Wentz yep. out of bad situations. Right. I was thinking of the same thing. Conservative game plans there. And in Buffalo, as we know, Double B, they're capable of going up and down the field. But this is a Colts defense pretty strong. That's an impressive analysis, TC. You like it? To come, I think we've sat here for five years. You've not picked a total. I know. <laughs> that is, you're, that you're is playing, impressive. You're, you're stepping accurate. up. I might run to the window. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're going to run to the window on Showtime Sean Porter, too. I, I'm definitely doing that right. before tomorrow. Yeah. That's that, that that's a gimme, six to one. Wow. All right, and and, all, and and like I said, over ten and a half rounds. I think it's definitely a distance fight, uh, no question about that. All right. TC, look at this fantastic crowd here. I love it. On a Friday afternoon, we got so much happening in Las Vegas. You got the Bengals in town. You got the Michigan in town. Go blue for the basketball tonight. You got Arizona, Wichita State coming in. You got everybody coming in with the basketball for the other thing. You got a championship fight got columbus here it's just it's a magnificent time to be in las vegas you gotta love it uh, great crowds here at the cosmopolitan like i said earlier you want to eat these are the places whether it's the grab and go variety at block 16 up on the second floor or the fantastic restaurants there are so many up there with stk and blue ribbon and zoom and the list goes on and on and uh super frico last friday night shout out to double b the cosmopolitan staff uh Julian, everybody, this fantastic atmosphere at Super Frico. The food, you called it Double B, best chicken parm in the city, and the New York steak sliced up for me to go. Fantastic all the way around. Got to love the Super Frico. Everyone, you must 
try Super Frico up on the uh, third floor. Well, a second f- floor. A fun second environment, floor. great service, yeah. great food. Uh, we, we overate, so we didn't have time for dessert. We couldn't quite fit <laughs> fill the dessert. In fact, I'm still full from that meal. Right. Thank you. But it was, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time there. Super Frico, fantastic. One of the newest uh, restaurants here at the Cosmopolitan. You guys do a fantastic job. It was fantastic. It was great to see Gina out. Gina's first time walking, that's right? Good. I mean, that, so she was good. It. There you go. She was good. She'll be in a wearing, trot. She'll be ready to go. Wearing two shoes now. Wearing two shoes. You that's know, great never to know. see. Might, she might get to see some basketball this weekend, too. You never know uh, out here in Las Vegas because we've got some great tournaments as well, too. All right. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. The best bets, they're all up there on the website. Marco, thank you very much. Check Marco out. Wagertalk.com. The man is on fire. We appreciate you, my man. Anytime, TC. All right. Double B, great stuff. Uh, we'll see you tonight at the uh, at T-Mobile Arena. we got Michigan and UNLV, Arizona, Wichita State, and, of course, Sunday, Raiders, Bengals. And don't forget Saturday. And Saturday, Golden Knights in Columbus, the and, Blue Jackets. And you got a fight. So you're gonna have to, I'm going to yeah. be at the Knights game, of yeah, course. Yeah, I'll be so at the you're, fight. you're going to have to send me some updates on the fight. I want to hear when Sean Porter gets a, a flash knockdown in the third mm-hmm. round and puts himself in a 10-8 and going ahead. So that's all I want to say. Looking forward to that fight. It's going to be fantastic. Thanks to everyone else uh, for joining us here. The G-Man, thank you very much. Our engineer at large here at Numchuck back in the studio. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. We reconvene Monday at 2 o'clock, tcmartinshow.com. <laughs>